Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into dominance what it means, how to do it. Is it welcomed nowadays? And I will give you a little preview. Yes, it is absolutely welcomed by women all over the world as long as you do it correctly, which is what we're going to talk about on this episode. So keep listening. to the Ask Women podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, here with Marnie Kinris. We're both two lovely, charismatic girls here with a third lovely, charismatic <laughs> girl, Susie Wheeler, who's going to talk to us about sexual communication and being a dominant man, but not being domineering. But I'm going to let Susie explain this because I clearly have no idea <laughs> about dominating anything except, yeah. except you know, my bed. So we're not in like in a sexual way, just in a sleep. I know. Way. I was like, whoa, <laughs> Kristen stepping <laughs> up Ooh, with the yeah. sharing. I, I like it. Yeah. But I, I'd love Susie to just introduce herself, um, maybe give a bit of background on who you are and why you're able to talk to our guys about sexual communication and teaching them how to be more dominant with women. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Kristen and Marnie, for having me on the show. When I first started listening, I absolutely loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So, um, oh, wonderful. I did. I, it was so much fun. Um, and I like the category. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. yeah. Yeah. we're bored out of our mind as long as somebody else is enjoying it then that makes sense. <laughs> awesome. I'm, just, I'm just kidding That's I'm kidding right. okay so I'm Susie I'm from I'm originally from Lexington Kentucky and I um I'm a yoga teacher that's how I kind of got through all this. And I got divorced in 2004. It was a very, it was traumatic. I was, um, he had a mistress and mm. I was devastated, completely devastated. And so I dated and dated and dated for many, many years and nothing stuck. And once I began a yoga practice and, and a few other changes in my life, I changed the way I ate. I stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped all this stuff. and then once I saw those changes through my yoga practice physically, I began to realize that I, I put it into my dating life. And what I realized is that 
it, as soon as someone would get close to me and understand the real truth about me, well, I would try to bullshit them and then I would run. Okay. You know, I never was able to have real communication. And so once I started communicating honestly and openly, just in regular conversation, my life started to change even more than it had with a yoga practice. So then I started dating a gentleman in 2015 and got introduced to BDSM. And then my true nature began to really come out. And I understood that the reason I love dominance and submission and the reason I love BDSM is because I just wanted more from life, period. I wanted more sensation. I wanted more ritual. I wanted more more kinkiness, more naughtiness, more everything from my relationships. And so that's how I got to start teaching this subject matter. Not because I'm some sort of relationship expert, because I learned how to communicate honestly and openly. And it made everything in my life sexier, kinkier, more fun and more loving and, and authentic. You know what I'm like? I'm like you, but with food, with wanting to kick up everything. I'm like, I want lots of flavor, lots of hot sauce, lots, yes. of, lots of salt. Like I love flavor bursts. And so in oh, my mouth, in non, a <laughs> non-sexual way, I like it like just a party in my mouth. But then when it comes to life, I'm a little bit boring. Why am I exciting in the eating department, but not in the sexual department? I don't know. Go, go ahead. Well, the thing about well, it, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's boring. It just is it is what it is. And when you find what you like and how you like it, maybe it's your exposure to, to what you, if you let your mind run wild, naughty or not. You know, well, I, I was actually going to say, like, I think with food for Kristen, especially, it's a much more safe place for you to explore and express your wants. I think in the other areas of life, it's still a little bit, uncomfortable for you to do. So you probably have that same thirst for life, which is why you are depressed <laughs> because you're not experiencing it. Um, so I, I, I'm guessing that in the bedroom and life, you want those things as well, yeah. uh, but may not know how to go about it, which is is kind of what Susie's talking about. It's like these these little steps that can lead you towards opening your mind a bit more. And then you just want more and more and more and more and more, which is, can be a good thing and a bad thing. That's what I'm hearing from you, Kristen. Oh, Would yeah, you say totally. the same thing, Susie? Well, what you know, I've had to come at my at my fun play because I've also had some some play in a consensual non-monogamy, which is you know a, a, a fancy word for being a swinger. Uh, so, so you know, I've also had play play in that world too. So one of the things about sex is you don't want to play beyond your emotional capability. Right. You don't well, want to. Sorry, I was going to interrupt you. D did you always have these wants and you just weren't doing them or expressing them or you didn't know about them? Or is this something that you weren't even aware of that it was something that would interest you? I always knew, well, I can tell you the first thing, This and this is hysterical. The first time I ever realized that I had a, that, that I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on, but I couldn't look away from it, was I looked at an album cover, and you're going to crack up at this, Rick James. And he okay. had, yeah, and he had barely, I loved the way his skin looked. It was dark and chocolate and delicious, and, and, and he had barely anything on. And I was appalled by the way I thought about it. 
and I couldn't quit looking at it. Okay. Did you so just say licking it? No, no, I'm looking, oh, keep looking okay. at it. Okay, interesting. Okay. Keep looking at it. So I and plus I mean, I grew up as a as a female in the South, you know, and I'm fifty one years old. So I grew up as, you know, you don't act like Right, you, you don't, don't act that way. You don't act that way. You don't act naughty. You don't talk that way. You don't you you be a good girl. And so it wasn't like it was the coolest thing to be racy. Okay. And so I didn't learn uh, exactly what I didn't learn exactly that that was what I was into until, like I said, I, I had an inkling, but I didn't learn ex- learn that I was into uh, kink and BDSM until 2015. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Would yeah. you say, I don't want you to generalize because obviously you don't know the entire population, but sure. would you sure. say that most people desire a little bit more from their sex lives than they're actually having. Like, so for me, in my mind, I still see myself as being way more sexual than I am. Um, Trying more things and I I haven't lived up to that potential. I don't know why, but I, I haven't lived up to that potential. So would you say that most people have these wants and needs inside them and it just hasn't been explored yet? Oh, I would say that's uh, absolutely, absolutely, because people, it's because some of the things, if you don't, you you risk your partner, first of all, shaming you or being like, oh, wow, really? (laughs) And you risk, you risk even shaming yourself because it's just too far out there when really as long as sexuality is a whole different arena, just because my, you know, just Kevin and I completely respect and love and support one another. But when we're in our playtime, it's a whole different world. We are, it's not in real life. It's a complete and utter fantasy world. And that's fun for us. So I don't think people let themselves go into that taboo type of world. Okay. And do you, do you think that for people who are not in that taboo world right now, that they can do that together? Or let's say even for guys that are listening to the show who are single, like how, how do you explore that for yourself when you're single? And then also how do you pull women into it? And I'm not saying to go to the level of BDSM. I'm just saying to, you know, let, let's take a step back about sexual communication. Like how... How do you sexually communicate with someone who you haven't had sex with yet in a way that can still make things sexy and fun? And actually, I'm going to take a bigger... And you're not crazy. And you're you're not crazy. Right, exactly. Because like, so I I had sent you over an article that um, actually upset a couple of of people. So uh, one of our guests who was on our show recently, Chris, had sent sent me the article that I sent over from the New York Times that was talking about the reinvention of consent. And he was saying that like, it really heated him to see this article. And he's... uh, Anyway, the article was... I rolled my eyes about 4,000 times. When you read it. I couldn't read the whole thing because it makes me irritated. And it makes me angry. So I had to close the window, but I still eye rolled at least 4,000 times, probably within the first paragraph. <laughs> before yeah. it even happened. Well, I'll, right. well, actually, so Kristen, why don't you sum up the, the article that you were reading? So I, I want 
people to understand what the article was about without having me read the entire thing and make many mistakes. Well, as I just summarized, I didn't read the whole thing, but I'll do my my best. (laughs) I only read you know first like five (laughs) paragraphs, maybe, and it essentially is about consensual, non-sexual touching. So, so touching someone on the shoulder—it's like gone from the just you know, sexual, can I touch you now to the just, I'm being friendly and like, you're in my way. Can I like maybe poke you on the shoulder consensual or touching? So I just think everything is so extreme and so ridiculous. And it it's like, we're going to be dead sooner than later. So let's not worry about that kind of stuff. That's just not who I am. So that's all I can say on the article. Cause then I had to stop reading because my heart was like getting really racy and I was just feeling my palms getting sweaty because I was getting angry. So that's my, that's my summary. <laughs> That was a very good summary, actually. Thank and you. Susie, do you want to give your take on, on the article that I, I sent over to you? Oh, absolutely. I am one of those people who I can't understand. I'm very affectionate. So personal space, I've had to learn that people really do need personal space. But to have to ask is, yeah, I think it's ridiculous because I think we can read people in their motivation. And so I'm all about human rights and I'm all about boundaries because they, I think they make for good relationships. But I'm like Kristen, we've taken, it's take it's gone too far. Yeah. To it's, me, it I mean, just reads ridiculous. as like, we don't I, have enough to do. I'm not going to ask my daughter. Yeah. I'm not going to ask my daughter if I can give and her that a And that was in the article. No, it's uh, not that about, it's an article that it said, right. if you want to ask, but right. If you want to ask, your, you know, if your mom yeah. wants to give you a hug, and you want to say no, say no, and she should ask you. And it's it's just teaching, I think, the world to be cold. There's there's like a boundary to which like we cross over into just being cold and isolating ourselves from one another. And we're if we just operated within the line of logic and sense and knowing, you know, if someone doesn't want to be doesn't look like they want to be touched, don't touch them. But if you know it's your daughter and you want to hug her, give her a goddamn motherfucking hug. Like I just. It's so stupid. It's it's just so extreme and so ridiculous. And it's going to ice our hearts to everyone around us because no touch, no touch, no touch. And of course, you shouldn't go around just touching people, but use your noggin, use your common sense, touch someone when it makes sense, don't touch them when it doesn't. And so yesterday, um, I was watching Ghostbusters 1 with my dad. And and I noticed, (laughs) and I mean, ghosts touch me all the time, but this isn't about ghosts. This is about Bill... Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. So his character, yes. Venkman, is a ladies' man or a flirt. And what he does is he mm-hmm. touches, he uses the word kitten. He like is playful with women. And with the Sigourney Weaver character, he really pushes the boundaries. But and of course it's a movie, so it's, this is all written, so who knows what would have happened in real life. But her response to him eventually softens. And she agrees to go on a date with him because of this flirtatious, playful nature. And according to that article and articles just like that, Vankman, if that movie came out today, Bill Murray would be crucified for his behavior. But Blasted. it was charismatic, right. it was charming, and it won her over. And and just going away from that is going away from a lot of romance and a lot of um, potential matches maybe because you're too afraid to be that playful, flirtatious guy now. And I think that's super sad. 
I, I think it is too. And I had a hard time with this article because I could see both sides. I'm like Miss Gray Zone. So that's where I always go to. But it, it, it's interesting that things like this are taking place because as much as you're saying like, use your noggin and just know, and you can see when somebody can't be touched. There are certain times where obviously a large portion of the population is feeling very uncomfortable with certain things that but my other question, people... But my question is, and not to make it a debate, but my question is, is this happening so often? Are people getting touched so much that this is disrupting our daily lives? You may get touched inappropriately, not in a sexual way, but in a platonic way when you're in line once every two years. It's not going to throw off the nature of your life or your future or the rest of the world. Everything We've made it this far. We've made it millions and millions and millions of years with platonic touching. I don't, I don't think changing it or addressing right. it or putting this much energy into it is going to make a difference. And again, we're going to be dead sooner than later and we're wasting all this time. And it's proof that we don't have enough to do. We don't have enough to occupy our minds. All right. Well, there's a lot of media that needs to be published, right. so they need to fill it with something. But I just, I just think it's a cool, it's an interesting social experiment because of a portion of the article, um, which I'll, I'll include a link to the article so that people can see what we're talking about since we're not giving the full details. But a portion of the particle was t- article was talking about how the other side has to voice their opinion as well, which I think is an important piece to it because that's what's not happening so often, that people are acting as they want, but people are getting pissed on the other side. And I want to bring this back to the conversation of sexual community communication and being dominant with women in a safe space, similar to, you know, the Bill Murray character. And this article is talking about how you can do things and the other side can also inform you of what they're feeling. So I actually liked that part of the article that was talking about how the other side can also say, I don't like this, stop doing it. If that's really how they feel. Whereas in the past, I think articles that were coming out and people that were being sort of scrutinized were being yelled at for their behavior when there was a silent audience on the other side who wasn't saying anything, but being horrified by really friendly, typical, soft actions that were being uh, thrown their way, if that makes any sense. But I want to talk to our audience about... how even though all of this communication is happening right now, and some people may be offended by touch, I want to talk to our guys about how they can they can move forward being themselves, touching the way that they want to without being scared. So there, there must be a way that doesn't close guys off completely from putting themselves out there and can still have their actions come across as attractive and common and and confident and dominant. And that's what I wanted to talk to Susie about is how how do guys go through this new world where articles like this are coming out that are saying, basically, we have to be robots and ask for consent every step of the way. Right. The first thing I would say to a man is understand your motivation. You know, if you are coming at the opposite sex, as far as communication... Put it out there, because that's one thing every generation of men has really struggled with, is how do I get what I want? How in the end do I get what I want? Do I get to the end goal? And the way you get to the end goal is be honest about the goal. (laughs) If if your goal is a long-term relationship, say it. If your goal is maybe you're just trying to hang out and, and you're not exactly sure, 
where you're going, you're not exactly sure, say that too. But maybe let's take a step back. What about the first interaction where, you know, if you don't establish touch pretty soon in the first interaction, it feels super creepy when touch starts later on down the road. So how how do you start doing that and communicating those things early on? How do you express your intent without freaking people out? One of the things, exactly. One of the things with me, affection is huge with me. Affection is huge with me. And so I... I, I have been in relationships before or been in, you know, not, not way long term, but for several months or, you know, had sex and all that. But, and if you just ask somebody, hey, are you an affectionate person? It doesn't matter who it is. It, you'll say yes. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Instead of just taking that, oh, yeah, of course, go one step further and say, what is your threshold? What do you like? Do you like for your hand to be held in public? Do you like to... Are you, do you like kissing in public? Do you like, do, uh, do you like to snuggle up on the couch or would you rather have your own space? Do you like the sexy touch under the table? I mean, just go ahead. If you're adults, go ahead and begin those conversations. I would do it. I would, you know, just say, Hey, you know, I'm a really affectionate person. Or if a man is maybe not, maybe if they, because that, you know, I'm a woman, I've known men who just aren't really comfortable with a whole lot of affection. Say that up front too. Go ahead and say how you touch, how you like to interact, and and know how they like to interact. I mean, I just like to put stuff like that out there because those are things, like that article said, talking about people with personal space boundaries, I just don't have them. I I don't have those boundaries. So when people have those personal space boundaries, that's always going to come up in relationships. It's always, if I'm with Kevin on the couch, if I'm not sitting almost on top of him, it's too far. And some people just really have those type of personal space boundaries. And so even in the beginning of a relationship, I, uh, a woman like me, if, if, if you're a man approaching a woman like me, I'm going to assume you're not interested if you're not flirty with your touch. Okay, interesting. Yeah, if you are not flirty with your touch, and so as somebody would need to to ask those types of things. How do you like to How do you like to be touched? Are you flirty? Do you like Do you like sitting in people's laps? I mean, go at, know their whole threshold, because if you're adults, these things that's why that's where communication breaks down, and then people say this the, the strangest thing, like he, I, you know, I caught him watching so and so kind of porn. Um, and they're your boyfriend. How in the world do you not know exactly what kind of porn he watches if he's your boyfriend? How have right. you had not had these conversations? Yeah. How do you not have these conversations? Sorry. Right. But let's say in the in the very beginning where there's like, so let's say even before you start interacting with a woman, is there ways to, to like, uh, Kristen, you were saying like, use your noggin to tell if you can do these things. Like how, how do you use your noggin to tell if you can touch? And if, like what would you what would you see in your mind? I because I, I know what I see in my mind, but I also know what I want to express, and I'm comfortable with my touch. So that maybe even if somebody isn't as open to it, I can still do it and get away with it. But I'm also a woman, so it's a little bit different. So like I'd, I'd love to hear what Kristen has to say about like how how walk us through the steps of how well, can you I know can what I you touch can you do. while we walk through the steps? Sure, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yes, you so, can. <laughs> I was out recently with a guy and I liked him a lot. 
but I didn't know what the vibe was. I didn't know like if he had a girlfriend, if like he was taking, you know, I didn't, if he was seeing other people, I just had no idea if it was supposed to be like a flirtatious scenario or not. So we clearly both like were kind of into each other. And so my body language was open to him. It wasn't open to the rest of the room. It was open to him. So I would look for that and read that. It's not, it's like, it's not that hard to see if you're looking, if you're paying attention and you're cognizant of the fact that you should look. So I was facing him. My body was toward him. We were sitting on like two couches. So he was on one little couch. I was on another. And so we were angled in at each other. If I had my legs angled out and was being really distant, don't touch me. Don't touch me. But because I was leaned in, I was clearly having fun. My shoulders, my shoulder was like my left shoulder that was closest to him was kind of leaning toward him. And he he reached out and looked, I could tell he looked for excuses to kind of touch me lightly, but it was communication in that telepathic way, I guess, of, of I, I'm going to touch you a little bit and I'm like, I'm going to be okay with it because I'm going to keep my body toward you and that's me letting you know that this is okay and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this interaction. But if I was turned the other way and not smiling and didn't have my shoulder, my shoulders open to him, don't, don't touch me. It's, I mean, to me, it seems so obvious and I see how it can be tricky but it's it's the noggin that I think I was blessed with a with the smart noggin in the sense. Yeah, well, you have an extra set of eyes, obviously, where you can see these things, and it's it's it is very challenging for some people, especially when they're nervous and all they're focused on is calming their own nerves. It's difficult to see what's happening outside of you. Um, I want to take a quick a quick break, and then I want to come back and talk to Susie about how to express dominance with a woman in the beginning stages with. I think it's without being domineering. So I, w- I want to understand those differences. We talked about that in the beginning, but I want to I want to dig into it. So we'll be back in a bit. Hey, you, this is Marnie, and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also, give us five stars, just because. All right, Susie, we are back. And I, I want to understand a bit more. And just remember that these that the guys listening are in the beginning stages. So yes, of course, we want to give advice on how to be more dominant uh, later on in the relationship and in the bedroom. But this is in the beginning stages. This is approaching. This is talking to women This is for, for the first or second time. Um, so I, I want to have an understanding of what you mean by dominance and how men can be more dominant with women without, you know, landing themselves with assault charges and getting into big trouble. Oh, absolutely. Well, so when when you first get introduced to to the BDSM lifestyle and then go deeper with dominance and submission, a lot of times I think people only think that it's someone in complete control and someone is either, you know, wielding he- weapons, causing pain, being, you know, giving instruction. But what they don't understand is that's all been consensual and that is way down the road. So when you're talking about being dominant and you're trying to ask someone on a date, take the dominant role, plan a whole night. I mean, this is, we're talking, dominance is being romantic. Be thoughtful. Ask if before you in the first couple interactions, ask her questions. What do you like? When's your birthday? Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? I mean, what is, what, what perfume do you wear? 
begin, if you're interested and you are, and you have those dominant qualities already, this is a place of excitement for dominant men, especially for somebody who is in a kinky lifestyle. Uh, You want to know how to delight her because the more you delight her, the more she will reciprocate. Can Can I interject real quick? I had an experience somewhat on Tinder with this. So I matched with this guy. He was incredibly good looking. Who knows if his pictures were real or fake? He was like absurd looking. Yeah. And in his profile, he mentioned something about being dominant. And I'm not, my eyes not looking for that kind of thing. So I just kind of thought dominant. Okay. Like I didn't think he was serious about like having a submissive person and him being a dominant person. And so it just kind of (laughs) hit me totally off guard. And so I was joking about it. And his first response was, so dominant and it was really sexy. He unmatched me because I clearly couldn't handle it. But we did have a back and forth for a while. And then he took my number and then deleted me. And so I was like, was that like a fake catfish? Like, I don't know what just happened there. But he he said, I understand the need for jokes to add levity to a situation, but I'm going to need you to not joke right now. And I was like, whoa, it just totally stopped me in my tracks because that's what I do. I kind of bust balls and get silly and so he had me kind of tongue-tied. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what direction to take. And I was like, okay. Because, you know, he was not... In, you know, he could get away with it because he was so ridiculous looking. So I'm not saying this could apply to all guys. But the way he was speaking to me really turned me around and got me kind of confused in an exciting way. And I was like, maybe I yeah. could go with this. I don't know. And then I was trying to go with it. And then he unmatched me. But it was very intriguing the way he just stopped me. No one's no one's done that before. Well, can you explain that a little bit more and, and say the example one more time and maybe break it down as to why that did stop you? Well, he was so clearly not going to waver. And I think I'm a little passive and I come across silly and like all busty, but I think he could read me and know that that's just like a front or something that I do to um, keep a wall up. And so by stopping me, by just saying no no to the jokes, like I get that's who you are, but no to the jokes because this is a scenario I'm looking for. I couldn't come back with a joke because he just told me no jokes. So I was really... Right. Yeah. And so I said, okay. And I was honest. I said, you've got... Like I have nothing to say. And this is the first time that this has ever happened. I don't know what to say. And so he was like, okay, just go with it. What do you do to do? And he started kind of asking me questions and leading the conversation. And I was trying really hard not to say the things that I want to say. And I did say, you know, you saying all of this is essentially you saying like, you know, imagine talking to Woody Allen about that stuff. This is who you're talking to right now. So I tried to let him know that it was so out of my element. But I think he was like, okay, this is going to be too much work. But the way he was just laying down the law and saying, this is the way the conversation is going to go. That's what stopped me in my tracks. What do you say to that? Especially because it was intrigued. Yeah. And you liked it? didn't, you know, if I didn't feel attracted to him and he seemed more like just a jerk, it wouldn't have been attractive, but because he did it. Do you think that if he was not as good looking that it would seem more like a jerk thing to say? That because of his looks, he could pull off statements like that? I'm not saying the entire conversation of continuing to just be like, no, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. And then cutting you off. I'm talking about that first statement that was made, which from my point of view... I'm hearing that as a guy who's saying like, 
I'm not going to waste my time on this. I want to know the real deal you. I'm not here to just banter. We can do that on our date. Let me know something about you, which I really like. Again, do you think that if he wasn't so good looking, a similar statement would be as well? I want. I'll, I know every guy listening right now is say the truth, which is, yeah, you couldn't be able to get away with it. But the that's part of the truth. Yeah. So if he wasn't as good looking, it wouldn't have been as intriguing or endearing. But if he had a certain energy about him and wasn't necessarily great looking, but had the whole confidence package down, I would be willing to go with it a little bit, maybe not as quickly as I was with the guy who looked like 10 million Brad Pitts put together into one. Right. But I think the possibility is definitely there. It's just the way you hold yourself, the way you present yourself in pictures, the energy that you give out in your profile in terms of your words. I think it's possible. It's it's not impossible if you're not great looking, but it's it's harder for sure. Okay. Actually, another question. So do you think a really attractive woman on the flip side is is also feeling that level of dominance where she's saying, I'm approached by so many people. So many people want to match with me because I'm so good looking. I also just want to cut through the bullshit, but maybe she's not expressing that when she's talking with guys. Like, do you think that what that guy was expecting of you is also where a really gorgeous woman is sitting? Most likely, probably. I'm not exactly sure what you're saying, but but I know that this guy was looking for this type of situation. I don't think girls that act like that are actually looking for a dominant submissive situation as as he was, as black and white as he was. But I think they're right. asserting their dominance and saying, I know how much value I have. Now, now either match it or come somewhat close to it, which I think is okay for women to do. But I think when women do it, it comes across a little itchy and not likable. Whereas this guy, it, it was likable. And I don't know what a woman could do to make it likable on her end and not come across bitchy. I don't know. Okay, interesting. No, but it's good that you're saying that men can get away with that. At the core of what you're saying, you are saying at some level, whether you're super attractive or not attractive, if you're consistent with that, you can you can pull that off without being yeah. a jerk. So and I want to get back to Susie because I think that that was, that was the big thing of like how to be dominant without coming across as a dick, a creep, a slime ball. threw things, and I wish I had the conversation in front of me, and I actually did take screenshots of a couple, but it's so deep now, far into my phone that I won't be able to find it quickly. But he did say things that showed me he wasn't just being a jerk, because he was like, um, I want you, like, I want you right. to feel the most extreme pleasure you've ever felt. Like, what do you like? What are you looking for? Wow. It was all those questions, like Susie had said, along with those very serious leading statements of this is how the conversation is going to go. So he wasn't a slime ball or gross because he was asking me what I wanted and and he wanted me to feel, you know, great. And he made that very clear. He expressed that. It's it's interesting how he could do both. A true dominant will want you to feel cared for. They'll want you to feel safe. They will want you to feel beautiful. They'll want you to feel loved. And they will want you to feel uh, safe enough to submit because it's not it's not about it's you know that the submission has to be granted because otherwise that you know a dominant man has mastery over himself his emotions his physical body his spirituality his finances all that yeah and that comes through and i think what marnie said with consistency is so important 
So like this guy's pictures, even though he's good looking, that doesn't, that's not where I'm going with this. You could tell the way he dressed was very put together. He clearly takes great care of his body. Um, So there's like that consistency of like, I aim high. I look for the best. I want to bring you the most pleasure. You know, it was like doing things, all of those things that he does at the highest level possible. That's how it came across. Okay. Yeah. And so Susie, how, how do men who don't have, you know, like the Christian gray look and wallet, how how do they pull <laughs> off this same level of dominance? And I'd love like verbal examples too. Cause I, I like, cause you know, Kristen's giving an, an example of the first interaction and he was able to ask those questions. I just feel like th- that there's certain times if certain clients of mine were to lead in with, you know, what kind of, what kind of things do you like? What perfume do you buy? Like that someone will be like, this is super creepy. Why are you asking me these questions? And who are you? I just want to know how, how normal people can pull off the same thing. Well, you know, and that's interesting that you that you say that because, yeah, I, I think that in a certain instances, it can seem creepy. But when you lead in with the, the fact that I want to be thoughtful, when you lead in with this is who I am. So any man trying to approach, approach a woman, this is who I am. This is who, what I do. This is what I'm looking for. And I like to be super thoughtful. So, but I don't, and also preface it with, but I don't want to infringe on your boundaries. And I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel comfortable. I'm just trying to get to know you. So that's just as simple as that. I'm just trying to get to know you. And you can even make it light. Hey, if I ask you anything that seems kind of creepy, you know, but I'm just kind of into knowing about people. So I just want to get to know you. No big deal. Just like that. Just as simple as that. No, it, you know, you can m- make sure to, you know, bring some lightheartedness, not like I'm writing down things to, you know, I don't want a hair sample or anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so you're not a weirdo. But, but in the beginning, I like Kevin, I began talking. We, um, we, he, we began to ask each other questions. And so I, we knew what each other was all about. You know, it's wonderful when you just know what somebody's all about. And, and even when you, you know, if a man is approaching a woman to make her feel like he's really interested, you know, I'm interested in what you're all about in, in so many ways. And to let her know, Hey, if I say anything to let her know up front, like I'm, I'm really highly sexual or, um, I'm just kind of dominant in that way. So I like to plan things and I like to, I like to know things about people. But if I ever overstep my boundaries, just let me know, just let me know. And then all of a sudden you kind of feel at ease. Me as a woman, I feel a little bit more at ease. And to know that someone is that, that someone's not going to Step over you. Yeah, that someone's not going to steamroll me, right. you know, steam, or, or ridicule me for not ready, being ready to go there yet. You know, a dominant man is not one of those guys who's going to send a, you know, a dick pic. Right. <laughs> you know, they're just not going to do it. Yeah. You know, they, they're just not going to do it because they've got mastery over themselves. They're not going to do that. I sent, I sent Kristen because a dick pic the other day that I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Marnie, man. you need to get some mastery over yourself. I did not want I know. I'm that. so yeah, dominant that I sent it your way. Jesus. Keep your dick in your pants. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's too no. big. Uh, 
No, I, Susie, I, I love everything that you're saying because I can actually envision it. I can picture it. And and I'm not even picturing somebody who's like super attractive saying these things to me. If anything, it's the opposite. Yeah. I, it, it really is just a man who's... Just a regular dude. Yeah. A regular dude. Yeah. And I love you know, it. We're not talking about... Yeah, just a regular dude. This is and and you know what that's also as well as being dominant, you know what it's also being? It's being vulnerable. Yeah. So that's what drives women wild. That's what drives me wild anyway. If you show me some honesty and vulnerability coupled with dominance, oh holy cow. Yeah, you're going to get in my pants. I know. It's pretty amazing. Oh, I wish you could like show the first four text messages of like, or like messages online of how to break into that conversation with someone. Like, so let's say, let's say that a guy is online and he wants to reach out to a woman and he spots something in her profile that really catches his eye. Like, what would be, I know that I'm putting you on the spot, but what would be the first couple? of messages that would express the dominance, show vulnerability without pouncing on a woman and giving too much information. Because I know that written word is also, you know, it's taken a little bit differently than than when you're in front of somebody and you're verbally expressing these things. So how would you say that a man could do that, could pull that off? Well, if you say something that makes you... Like, like I'm a yoga teacher. So of course in my online profile, I, I said that, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and men that I thought were really sexy and fun would say not, and not be silly and joking about it, but say, I, I see you're a yoga teacher and not, not say anything creepy just to say, I'm interested in yoga, but I, I've never done it. I feel a little bit nervous to go into a class you know, I feel, it makes me feel a little bit nervous. So there you have the vulnerability and then say, so, you know, then whatever you, what some, some common ground, you know, some common ground. I see you like to go to plays in New York and, you know, what's your favorite one? Or I saw this and you know, just anything that allows you to be vulnerable, but let them know that you, they, you like to plan things and that you're thoughtful, you know, that's it. Just be thoughtful. You know, don't comment on her boobs or her legs. Comment on her earrings. Okay. And Kristen, how would that, a message like that resonate with you? Because I know that you like the banter up front. It, it depends on consistency. So like if the guy in his profile does not look like he would be a dominant type of person and all of a sudden started talking like that, I'd be like, uh, what? But if it fit everything that he presented, I would go, okay, I get, I guess, sure. Let's try this. Um, and I actually found um, two screenshots of the conversation with this guy. Can I read our interaction? Yeah. So oh, it's yeah, it's really yeah. short. I only took two screenshots, and then he when he um, delete or he unmatched me, so the whole conversation went went away. So I only got these two screenshots. But right. so he super liked me, and I wrote him first, and I said, "I'm being the submissive and not messaging first. Like I was trying to be, you know, silly." Right. And he wrote back immediately. I understand the need for irony and sarcasm in this world, but you may need to tone it down a notch for this interaction. You are elegant, but unpretentious, and I admire that. Let's just keep it a little under 100 miles per hour with the humor deflecting. It took me a few minutes right back, and I wrote, okay, stopped in my tracks for the first time. Bravo. But I am a comic, so that won't last very long, and neither will this. And he said, good girl, because I said, stopped in my tracks. I don't mind whatever level of intensity you bring to the world, but with me, there can be a slightly different rhythm. 
my ideal situation wouldn't be short term. I would need some time to properly train you. And I said, training me would require a lot of patience. I don't know if you have that kind of dedication. And he said, I do. And you will be easy to train when you get a sense of all of the re- rewards. And that's all <laughs> That's all I got. I'm loving that yeah. you still participate in this conversation. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to so- go with this for research at least. I would continue engaging. I think it would actually scare me away to meet a person like that in real life. Because like, as much as it could interest me and intrigue me, I think I would be satisfied with just the conversation. I, I'm not at that level for dominance at all. So I again, I think that that would be a little bit too much for me. I'm not sure about well, I, you. but I like, would say, you? I got down the road in the conversation because we probably talked for like 20, 25 minutes. And I said something like, are you like this in person? Because I, I basically was trying to say like, I, if this is this intense in person, it's going to be really weird for me. Yeah. And he said, no, so, no, I'm human or something like kind of saying like, no, this is like, I'm, I'm a dude, I'm real. You know, he wasn't like, I'm like a myth character that doesn't move. I said, do you laugh? And he was like, and he kind of, you could <laughs> tell, got irritated that I asked that. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew it wouldn't really, because <laughs> I said, I said, it won't last very long and neither will this, like me being submissive because I'm a comic. Right. And I, you know, so I, I knew it. I knew it didn't have any legs, but I was like, well, just for the experience, I'll just start going with this. And then... Yeah, yeah but that that's amazing. Yeah. Like that is, that is to the extreme for dominance. Yeah. But there is, like I like the example that Susie provided that because it was like this... That is to the extreme. Yeah, yeah, it was the... It was the not softer, but it was like the low level version of of being dominant without having to be like... BDSM and going to that extreme level. You may want to go there later on down the road, but for most people who are listening, I don't think that that's that's their lifestyle for right now. Um, But there is a way to take a little bit from that world and apply it to your interactions with women. Because if you like, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you're probably as surprised as I am that Kristen would even engage <laughs> for longer than four texts with this person. So there, there's something interesting about it. I'm taking desperate measures. It's getting. It's I guess getting so, <laughs> but it's just like, but 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 you're saying that that did pique your interest. So I think if you can throw a little bit of that into your conversations, to just it's it's attacking the primal brain. It's like what? Yeah. What did you just say to me? Like, and you look like that, and you're saying it like, <laughs> like it, it does. It makes you think like, what else is under there? I'm going to pay attention to you for five more seconds, and then you can you know continue on with a little bit of vulnerability mixed with dominance and straight talk and then you can you you can get to a really good place. That that's that's what I'm hearing from this conversation is that there is a, a low level way to use this. And you should be using this. What Kristen brought up a really good point is because just because not all men are natural dominants. You know, they're just not, you know, and there's plenty of in the in the kink world, there's plenty of femdoms, plenty of men who are submissive, and that happens to be their kink. So so you know that's one of the things is if it is not if it's if it's bullshit and you're not really dominant, then you can then then the men on this podcast can take it, the who are listening can take it as you know, thoughtful rules, you know, thoughtful is always going to rule. So it's, it's, it's just something that's, that's just really lovely to be thought of and to have something planned for you and to, you know, buy a little, not an elaborate gift, but buy a small gift 
just from conversation, just from something we say, it's really, it's, it's just lovely. And so, but if, but if dominance is something you, you can want to play around with and you feel yourself, one of the things about being a dominant man too, is men have a hard time, especially in this climate with the, with the don't touch me and all the personal space boundaries and this article that we were discussing, men have a hard time really even to themselves admitting like, I would love to, even in the bedroom, have a woman completely submit to me or sit at my feet or worship me, for goodness sake. So I mean, that's it, what my husband says every day. <laughs> there you go. It's just a sexual fantasy. That's all it is. It's just a sexual fantasy. So when you can admit those things to yourself, then you can begin to be really authentic with your approach to women because then you know what you want and you know how to have a conversation with women. You can, uh, what I do like that this guy did with Kristen is that he said up front, look, either you're going to come to me authentic and you're not going to, you know, use humor or, or sarcasm to try to hide who you are. You're going to show me some vulnerability. And that's one thing that a dominant man will do, you know, ask who they are. And as long as, as long as somebody's being silly or trying to, you know, deflect the question, just stay silent. And then if you really want to turn somebody on, when you're ready to really talk to me, go ahead and speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just being to, to, you know, being dominant is being in mastery of all your you know, everything that is all about you. It's not having the Christian gray suit and it's not having the Christian gray wallet. And plus, you know, that's 50 shades of gray is so such a poor representation of the BDSM community, but it's just to be, to be mastery, have mastery over yourself and to be super duper thoughtful and want somebody to feel safe, whether you want one night with them or you want a lifetime with them. Which I love, which is which I think for a lot of people, when they talk about their wants being a one night stand or a casual experience, I think they get confused on how to express that to women because they feel that if they do express that, uh, it's going to turn them off and they're not going to want to be into it. But I think what you just said is like the more clear you are with your your wants and allowing for her to also be a participant in that want that's what gives room for those things to happen that mixed with passion and excitement and fun and sexuality. That's how you get to that place of getting into a one night stand scenario or something casual. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing about it, what, what men don't understand is, Oh, you'll get laid just as much. If you just tell the truth, you will get laid just as much. If you want a relationship, say it. If you want to just have casual encounters, just say it. How would you tell a man to say that to a woman? So like they're in conversation and he says what to express that to a woman, that that's where his head is at. I'm not looking for anything serious, but I like spending this time with you right now. I'm in this moment right now. Oh, that's sexy. That's it is honest, sexy. That's as honest. Yeah, that's as honest as I can be. And if you're with it, cool. And if you're not, Yeah, when you I say it with it. that kind I of confidence, you can't help but but kind of say, okay, or, I mean, find it attractive. I, I mean, you might be offended or something, but it will, regardless, if you say it like that, someone will kind of take notice and be like, hmm, maybe I see this person a little differently now that they controlled themselves like that. 
Yeah. And it's so funny when you said it like that. I was also picturing like a 52-year-old heavyset bald man saying that. And I was like, oh, that's nice. But I, I don't know why. Like, that's where my, my brain went to. But it just <laughs> yeah. like, it wasn't like an attractive man saying this to me. And I'm like, oh, I was swooning in it. I, I was, yeah, I was picturing like, Right. It's just like an, an everyday normal guy making that statement. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a very sexy thing to say. And then I can decide whether or not I want to be a participant in that. You got it. Then once they put it out there, then they're absolved of all responsibility, except for, you know, human kindness and human decency. So then you're just, once, once somebody says that to you, then now you know. Now the ball is in your court. If that's what you're looking for, great. Go have a night of fun. If, if not, you know, I you might want to rethink it. Right. Or, you know, go ahead do and do it and get your feelings hurt either way. <laughs> do you think that... Okay, so I, I, I'd love to hear how you describe flirting. Like, what would flirting be for you? From a man or on my side? Well, both, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so that's one of the things. So in the, in the, in the kink community... We don't call our sex, I mean, we will say sex, but we don't call our sex sex, we call it play. So, uh-huh. okay. and the reason we call it play for, um, uh, for, for us, really, is because we can start playing. We started playing this morning, as a matter of fact, but we weren't having sex. We started flirting. And so, for me, flirting for me is going to become... Mm-hmm submissive. I'm going to want to serve my master. So I'm going to ask him if he needs anything. I'm going to sit down beside him, but I'm not going to infringe on his boundaries. And I am just going to uh, ask him if I can kiss him. I'm, you know, I'm just going to become very, very, very respectful and reverent. And flirting for him is going to be to do something for me. He usually he usually um, asks me if I want one of my drinks. I drink uh, sparkling water, or he will kiss my feet, or he will. Um, he got me a pair of earrings today. Uh, something, uh, or he asked me. He said, "Do you want to come sit in my lap?" So that's one. Of, that's the ways that that's the way we flirt. But if I and if and if it was new and I didn't know somebody, it would be exactly the same because I'm naturally that way. I would be become reverent and adoring, but not overly not overly forward. Yeah, but so I would be. Yeah, I would. Uh, my body language would become all of a sudden very uh, sexy, and shoulders go up you know, back gets arched a little bit, legs get crossed, and I lean in. Wonderful. All right. Well, that's a great place, I think, to end our show so that guys can understand what it looks like when a woman is flirting with them. Um, But Susie, thank you so much for coming on to the show and talking to us about how to be a dominant man without being a dominant man. I don't even know a better way to say that because I, I feel like the word dominant gets such a, a negative rap oh, right sure. now yeah, you, uh, for men. replace that with thoughtful. How to be thoughtful. How to, you know, yeah. yeah, I guess that's why. But I think, I feel like thoughtful is such a soft word and it doesn't, that also doesn't really have like a great... It doesn't sound as well, sexy. It, no, it, yeah, it, dominant does sound sexy, but it, it's a little scary for people Oh, right it now. is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could, you know, if you want to really break... Just say it in a higher yeah. voice. I'm dominant. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you and find out more information uh-huh. about being dominant? Absolutely. Well, one of the things, um, you can go to my website, suzywheeler.com, S-U-Z-I-E, Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R.com, and pick up a, a way to put rituals into your relationships or your daily life if you're single. And it's a, a, a way to start sparking those creative juices flowing about being thoughtful and dominant and loving in to yourself and then eventually for a partnership to always have your partner. If you're going for your partner's pleasure, if nothing, if your sole purpose is to give your partner pleasure, you're always going to have a great time. Your pleasure is going to, I love it. Yeah, I your pleasure is going to increase a, a thousand fold. Uh, and Kristen, do you want to tell people anything? Yes, I'm pregnant. <gasps> Awesome. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I wish. Um, yeah, yes, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I'm not pregnant, but you can listen to my own baby that I gave birth to, which is on iTunes called Kristen and Jill, my other podcast. And you can always hit me up for dating help on, uh, in terms of uh, getting that profile ship shape of whatever and uh, banter skills at kristencarney.com slash dating help. Awesome. All right. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. I also have it up on YouTube now, so you can listen, watch, whatever it is that you want to do. However you consume your information, go to youtube.com slash Marnie Kinris. You guys are awesome. And I cannot believe you still want to listen to us after all of this time. But we try our best to always bring you amazing information that will help you on your journey with women. So thank you so much for being so supportive. We'll see you next week. Bye.